This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, folks. My name is Chris. And it's me, Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 283, recorded Monday, September 26, 2016. You sort of threw me off there. Yeah, I know. I figured. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that's right. You got to mix it up once in a while, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I guess. Don't throw you off. You do anyways. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm toying with the idea of changing the intro, intro around a little bit for the beginning of season seven. What do you think about that? Sure. You want to introduce me and I'll introduce you? That guy is Chris and that guy is Jason. You want to do that? Well, I, that wasn't my idea, but I suppose we could add it to the list of ideas and then sure. vote on it. <laughs> Vote, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That'll go really well. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I just I've been listening to the way other shows do it and the way we do it, and I've been influenced a little bit, and I've got some ideas. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, okay. The other thing that I haven't really talked about yet, but you and I talked about months ago, or at least weeks ago, is that we're going to bring back the record your favorite scene contest for oh, season seven. Good. Yes, very good. It's it's one of my favorite things that we've ever done on this podcast. So we didn't do it for season six because we'd done it two years in a row. And I think I was worried that we people were getting a little burnt out on it, but then I really, really missed it. So we're going to do that again. We're going to bring back the record, your favorite scene contest and details to follow. I'm super happy to hear that. That's good. That's good. Uh, so we'll talk, we'll talk about that when season seven is beginning. Um, but there's something else I wanted to bring up right now, and that is that this Friday, uh, September the 30th, I think it is. Mm -hmm. What's Friday? Yeah. The 30th? Yeah. It's International Podcast Day. Oh, really? Yeah. Has it always been September 30th, or is it just this Friday, September 30th? Well, that is a very good question, Jason. I was unaware of International Podcast Day until earlier today when I received an email from them about it. And, uh, so I have a feeling they did it last year too, but I, I, I don't know if it was the same day or, or what the celebration was like, but this Friday, September 30th is international podcast day. And on their website, it says that international podcast day is dedicated to promoting podcasting worldwide through education and public engagement. Mm, so promoting podcasts through education. That's great. Yeah, educating people, you know, teaching it in schools. <laughs> well, no, it's a really good idea because there's lots of good podcasts out there. I'm sure there's algebra prod podcasts and pre-calculus podcasts and mm -hmm. uh, some kind of social uh, sciences podcasts of various types. I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there's lots of good stuff out there. There's plenty. I used to listen to one about um, language, about, I guess, mostly the English language, about the origin of words and uh, writing and stuff like that. And I was really fascinated by that. Well, Miriam Webster has a, uh, a video podcast, uh, that gets to talk, they talk about grammar and the origin of words and how words get into the dictionary mm -hmm. and, and stuff. It's uh, very good. It's fascinating stuff. If, if you're into that sort of thing. A anyways, the only reason I bring it up is because like I said, I just discovered it and, um, check out internationalpodcastday.com. And I think the best way to mark the day as a listener of podcasts is to tell all your friends about ours and and make sure they go and listen and of course any other shows you love to bring your get your friends on board get them listening to podcasts there's a wealth of content out there 
that, you know, they'll be interested in, including ours. And then um, to really take it up a notch, go leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, and you you covered all your bases there. So you 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 covered uh, uh, education. Tell all your friends, and you covered social engagement. Get them to listen. So that's uh, you've covered all the bases there, Chris. Good good on you. Thanks, man. I I knew exactly what I was doing. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but uh, coincidentally, we're a podcast, so that actually helps us in uh, in, a, in a great way. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> hey, hold on. What people listen to this? <laughs> Well, I don't know. You, you know, listening is one thing. You can do a podcast without listen, without listeners. I mean, we did that for years. Don't you know it? That's true. <laughs> so there's there's no requirement for uh, listeners to do a podcast. Like, none. Okay. Well, luckily, we have plenty, and they're all amazing. And I just know that they're going to go tell all their friends and then leave us a review on iTunes. Um, that's a really great way to, to you know, tell people that aren't your friends about us, too, and get iTunes to notice. So Yeah, you can, uh, you know, if you have a nemesis of some kind and you really want them to listen to a podcast, you just pick, you know, pick a podcast you really dislike and uh, have them listen to it. <laughs> I got a great show for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I hope that's not the case with us. Anyways, International Podcast Day this Friday. Visit their website for more information. So here we are recording, Jason, on the night of the U.S. presidential debate instead of watching it. Let me ask you, would you be watching it if <sighs> no. if you weren't doing this? I, can, I, I don't think I could do it. I think I would be – it would cause me too much stress and too much anger. <laughs> I wouldn't go into too much detail on that. I'm just saying. No, it, it has nothing to do with uh, the you know Hillary and uh, Trump in the uh, in the actual debate. It's just it's the I, I wouldn't watch a Canadian election debate. I don't watch debates. I can't watch debates, and it's for the same reason that I I uh, I really can't watch playoff hockey or any kind of other sport. I get too engaged and I get too anxious. And uh, in the case of politics and just the the mudslinging that goes around, it's not they're not really talking about the issues after a while. They're just saying you're a jerk. No, you're a jerk. No, I can prove you're a jerk because I said you're a jerk. Uh, it's all that stuff. It just drives me nuts, and I'd be end up yelling at the TV all night long. Well, we don't want to cause you any extra stress. Um, it's, you're not saying you don't care about the issues. You're just saying you don't care to watch them talk about the issues in a not so entertaining way. If they were talking about the issues exclusively and not mudslinging, I'd watch. Right. Okay. Well, it should. It it could be an interesting one just because of the parties involved. This one's going to devolve into just almost no information whatsoever. Well, I, it, I, I mean, it's going to be entertaining for a lot of people, no doubt about it. Yeah. It's just not something that uh, I would want to watch on purpose. Well, I, I don't know uh, about. I don't know. Well, it, it, I, feel, I feel like this in, this one could go either way. The problem is we're not American, so we don't have a say in this election. That's not to say that, you know, American politics doesn't influence or affect Canada to a degree. Of course it does. It affects the whole world. Um, so it is of interest to us. But I, I think I'm with you. I don't know that I'd be sitting around watching it tonight if I wasn't doing this either. But hey, it could be good entertainment. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure lots of people will love it. Uh, you know, I heard on the news today that uh, uh, Clinton and uh, Trump are the lowest rated presidential candidates in U.S. history. Like, just both of them 
together. Yeah. Are, and, but the, uh, the expected ratings for this particular debate are higher than they've ever been. So <laughs> <course>. it's, <laughs> it's going to be one of those nights, I think. Well, you remember what Kang and Kodos said. I think you have to vote for one of us. It's a two-party system. Yeah. And how else are you going to exchange long protein strings other than holding hands? <laughs> exactly. That's what I also learned from that episode. <laughs> That's right. Oh, the Simpsons. <laughs> Clinton. That's right. The 28th <laughs> season just started. Oh, my God. Maybe we should go and go back and podcast from the beginning about The Simpsons. Oh, I don't think I could watch the first season of The Simpsons. Well, the, the art is crude, uh, but the, the comedy is good. Yeah, but it's timely, right? Oh, I and suppose. I don't know if I could go back and watch timely stuff from the early 90s. Well, maybe not. Yeah, you got to watch the untimely stuff. All right. Anyways, we've gone on about more at the beginning here than I intended to. So let's start talking about The Walking Dead, should we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. uh, Let's take a look back at last week on Fear the Walking Dead. The ratings for Season 2, Episode 12, which was last last week's episode, were up a little bit again. Oh, really? That's the highest rated television program of all time? No, it is not there. Oh. (laughs) They were up a little bit. Um, Episode 10, if you remember, hit was 2.99 million, which was rock bottom for this show. Uh, It rebounded in episode 11, got to 3.4 million, and then creeped up a tiny bit for episode 12 to 3.62 million. So nice. What can you say? I mean, it's it's climbing in the right direction again uh, in, well, as long as you're AMC or anyone involved with the show, and that's what you want to see. It is what I want to see. It sure is. Uh, all right. Some feedback from listeners about last week's uh, episode and podcast, of course. Now, a number of people wrote in, Jason, about our brief discussion about the ice and why the ice was so important last week. Uh-huh. And how I didn't really think ice was all that important in the zombie apocalypse. Right. And this first one comes from longtime listener Shenandoah on Facebook, and she writes, Here's an idea about ice in the zombie apocalypse. Ice is more than just for your iced tea and lemonade. It will preserve the meat, keeping people in better health. It's useful for medical procedures if someone needs to have something numbed. But most importantly, the ability to make ice might indicate that you have electricity to spare on luxuries like ice. So if you have ice... What else do you have? Oh. And and I can see that. That's that's a good point. I mean, the ice is indicative of something else. The ice itself isn't that important, but it means you have power, maybe. It means you have potentially refrigeration. You have something else. And it, yeah, if, if you have ice, you might have some more of the comforts of the old life, and that is attractive to people. Right, that would be. That's the uh, same thing with hamburgers and McDonald's. Explain. Uh, well, I heard that uh, McDonald's loses money on every hamburger. What they make their money on is soda pop. Well, yeah, uh, drinks are extremely cheap. It's the same at movie theaters, right? Right. Yeah. So, but they they sell hamburgers at a loss in order to get people to come into the restaurant and uh, buy uh, pop. Do you think that's true? I I really I heard that that was years ago. I don't know about today, but uh, I I really do think that's true. <laughs> they make all their money off of the uh, the soda. But they must make money off the other food, too, like the fries and the whatever else. I, I, I don't know. There's no way they're selling all their food at a loss just to sell more drinks. Maybe. That seems nuts. I heard that. That's completely, uh, you know, out of Jason's brain from the past. So take <laughs> take that take it as you will. Right. Okay. Well, it's an interesting fact, but Shenandoah's point, you know, is valid that ice 
the ice may represent something else that these guys want or need, not be the ice uh, so much. My point about the ice was just that there's no way generally to keep the ice frozen. So the the important part of ice is the water, not the ice. You're going to you can amass all the ice you want down in Mexico where, you know, where it's super hot all the time, but it's going to melt in 20 minutes and then be water, which is very important. Everyone needs water. You just don't need to keep it frozen. Sure, if you get some ice, you can drop a cube in your lemonade and it it uh is great, you know, and you get a cold lemonade for a minute, but then the rest of the ice is gone and you have water and that'll keep you alive. That's just the way I see it. I see. All you know, right. I, I like the idea of keeping meat cold and uh, keeping various other items cold. Like uh, if you want to transport a heart for, uh, you know, a heart replacement surgery, it's really handy. Sure. It uh, can, can be handy. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you need to do that, that you yeah. have the facilities and the, you know, the expertise to do such a thing. Sure. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> as uh, people do. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes you just want uh, ice for your, uh, for your sweet tea. Yeah, well, that's I'm I'm just saying ice has immediate value because you can keep your transplanted heart cold, but it doesn't have long term value. It has the water has long term value, though. So that's all I'm saying. Trucker Tom, who's on the road, writes in regard to your discussion about how come the narcos might find the ice of more value than fresh fish. Here, these low life criminals are guarding a supply of food and water and dominating the nearby peasants in hot and humid Mexico, what desirable thing do they lack? Cold beer. Oh. So they can keep their beer cold, again, for a few minutes, probably, you know. Well, for beer, well, you know, you put, uh, you fill a canoe full of ice, and then you uh, fill that canoe full of beer, that beer is going to stay cold for quite some time. Even in the direct sun, I guess, but still not really more than a day. You That's haven't been to a party in Canada until you go to a party with a canoe full of beer. Oh, I have. Telling you, I have so. I have been to. I have been. Well, to that's because you're Canadian. That's right. And I'm Canadian. Yeah. And every once in a while, a Canadian will go to a party with a canoe full of beer. I was at one uh, like a month ago. It was sponsored by a big beer company, but hey, it was there. Canoe full of beer. Awesome. Um, finally, and this, to be honest with you, I think is the most valid ice point uh, any of our listeners have made. And it comes from Ashley in Charlotte. Ashley says, most ice makers are filtered, so you know it will be clean. Ah. I, I so guess. the filter needs to be changed. Okay, I guess. But but I, I the point is, I suppose, that the ice goes in. I mean, the water goes in through a filter, and the ice comes out. Dirty water goes in. Clean ice comes out. Generally, yes. Cleaner ice comes out. I don't know if clean ice comes out, but. Well, that that begs the question, like, they were taking showers, too, right? They have power for uh, the ice machines. They have power for uh, having a shower. Water pumps, nice hot I guess. shower. Yep, heaters. Where's the water coming from, right? Well, probably not the ocean. No, not the ocean, because you'd have to desalinize it. Right. Uh, like, where is that water coming from? There's got to be some kind of water filtration plant that probably doesn't have power anymore. So that water coming into the hotel is going to get grosser and grosser and grosser mm-hmm. so an so ice machine to filter be a damn good. filter yeah that's i i just think that's a really good point if you have dirty water and you have the ability to pass it through an ice machine ice maker maybe it comes out a little cleaner on the other end 
Yeah, it's like those Brita filters, right? It's a little bit cleaner. They're not they're not great. They're not going to filter out bacteria or anything. You need a really good water filter with a, a ceramic filter in it. But I, I doubt that the ice machines have that kind of uh, technology. Okay, well, I'm, I'm just saying, I think if, if you have dirt, like if the water is slightly cleaner than it was, that's helpful. Yes. Right? Make yeah. you sick versus freeze, then drink, not make you sick. That's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's a very good thing. And it makes ice valuable, or at least the ability to freeze it for a short time valuable. Uh, Steven on the internet writes, Chris, I really wish I liked Fear the Walking Dead as much as you. I truly do. I don't dislike the show, but I'm not particularly engaged, and I keep on being baffled by character jumps and obvious coincidence. For example, Alejandro suddenly went crazy. A couple of episodes ago, he was wisdom personified, and now he's borderline delusional. And this isn't the first time with this show. Chris and Daniel both descended too quickly as well. As for reuniting Madison and Nick, I found it all too contrived. I barely swallowed the I know a place scenario. But but why did the Mexican lady's son have to work there? Too much for me. And the Madison hearing about Nick stuff you mentioned bugged me as well. Right. So a lot of problems, Stephen points out. And... If you recall, one of my biggest problems with the mid-season finale was that everything just kind of happened too quick. Um, it, it it didn't feel like they gave enough time to Daniel's descent into madness and, uh, you know, Nick coming over to Celia's way of seeing things and so on. And they kind of set it up and didn't pay it all off well enough. So right. I totally I totally see that. I totally get Stephen's um, point. But on the other hand, I feel like the second half of season two has improved and done a better job at that. They they seemed like they slowed things down a lot um, and gave us a little bit more story. So while I can see his point, I think they're at least improving and I'm enjoying it more. Good. They're doing a better job. It's important to do a better job because then the ratings go up ever so slightly. <laughs> ever so slightly. Do a better job, everybody, yeah. and everything will be fine. And safen up. Yeah, that's right. Eric in upstate New York writes, I'm with you, Chris. The gormiflage slash stench coat trick is getting really old in this series. Every time I see someone use it in the last few episodes, I can't help but roll my eyes. There's no suspense involved with being close to the infected anymore. All you have to do is lather up in some handy guts and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon they'll, uh, you know, with electricity and clean water and ice, they might be able to uh, manufacture gormiflage so you could sell it in bottles to uh, to other people to say, you know, just uh, take a shower in this and you're good to go. Just keep a bottle of this on you at all times. If you ever get in a sticky situation, pour it all over your head and yep. you're invisible to the infected and you can just walk through them and walk away. That's right. It's like uh, the True Blood in True Blood. It's, uh, yes. Uh, you, you know, the... Uh, the the vampires could come out of the coffin and into the uh, regular society because theoretically they no longer have to drink human blood. They could drink this true blood crap that was invented. Yeah, exactly. So it, it removes their need to feed. So what they need to do is they need to move away from the hotel and move into a some kind of bottling factory. <laughs> and they can start making gourmiflage uh, in bottles. That's right. They could make fizzy. They could make different flavors if you wanted. Because <laughs> you're bound to get some in your mouth, so you might as well make it taste good. Yeah, you might as well make it taste good. <laughs> Not nearly as gross. Gourmiflage brand body covering. When, yeah, there you go. When you need to be invisible to the undead. <laughs> That's right. It's a uh, a gross body wash. 
Yeah, exactly. But works. It'll save your life. That's the slogan yeah. right there. Gormaflage hey, brand body wash. It'll save your life. Nobody thinks about the marketing opportunities in the zombie apocalypse. No. You know, I, well, is that a mistake? I don't know. But I'm just saying that uh, nobody thinks about that kind of thing. Well, you know, these guys running the warehouse are kind of thinking about it. They they are hoarding everything and they're making deals and they're uh, getting rich off it. I don't know. They're hoarding stuff off it anyway. <laughs> they're getting something. Ice, yeah. probably. Ice, I guess. Uh, somebody out there needs to mock up, you know, Gormaflage brand body wash. <laughs> In fact, that should be, we got to we got to invent that, man. <laughs> I probably uh, Robert for, Kirkman's working on that right now. I bet he is. Yeah, Walking Dead uh, soap for when you got to smell like a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's good stuff. All right, Bill in Indiana writes possible crossover. Didn't Abe, Rosita, and Eugene start in the Southwest, Texas, or New Mexico? Maybe Ophelia will run into them. Early on. Ooh, that could happen. Well, I'm not so sure it could happen. I went back and looked up where Abe and where Abraham started with his family before they were killed. And apparently that was in Houston, Texas. So I went over to the handy Google Maps and discovered that Santa Fe is about 875 miles northwest of Houston. Holy crap. That's a long way. So it's pretty far. So if she's going to Santa Fe um, and he was in Houston... It's not that likely that they're going to cross paths unless she somehow makes her way to Houston, because from there, Abe went east towards Atlanta. That's what, a 12-hour drive? Something like that? Yeah, it's like 12, 13 hours. Yeah, something. Well, I mean, if you're going 100 miles an hour, it's no problem, right? But uh, that's still a long freaking way. Well, and I think in the zombie apocalypse, yeah, it's it's many, it could be days of traveling, right? So Yeah, especially if your car breaks down or, you know, you can't just pull over and fill up, right? No, it's a lot harder to do that, and there's stuff in the road, and there's other people to deal with, and the undead, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, the undead, too. You got to deal with those guys. <laughs> they, they just keep hanging around. Yeah. Uh, so, interesting idea, but doesn't seem like they're they're close enough together, I'm afraid. Right. Um, and then one more email here. Uh, this is actually about something from a couple episodes ago, but it, uh, I don't know, I thought it was interesting. Shy on the internet writes, I had a totally different take on the reveal that Madison is from Alabama. The actress that plays Madison, Kim Dickens, is my best friend's cousin, and she really did grow up in Huntsville, Alabama. So when I heard that piece of information come up on the show, I assumed it was to address what is sometimes very obvious to an Alabama listener, that Madison is a Southerner. Oh. So instead of her being from the South and therefore related to Rick Grimes or potentially somebody else on, on the main show, uh, it's just that she's actually from Alabama. And so the accent she's doing on Fear the Walking Dead isn't her natural Alabamian accent. Is that a thing? Alabamian? I don't think so, Chris. All right. Well, isn't her natural born accent and uh, apparently people can hear hear it come through sometimes so they kind of had to write that in to explain it a little bit maybe but i'm still sticking with she's related to rick grimes because i think that's more fun i i i agree with you i think that'd be fantastic but not plausible you don't think so like long lost cousin you know sister he hadn't seen in uh, it's too easy years. even if they put that in the show i'd call bullshit on it so uh, it'd be it's tough I don't know. It's it's the one thing I feel like I'd actually almost like to see, like tie the two together a little bit. I know it seems too coincidental, but it's not really because, 
we have a show about one character and a show about another character. They're in the same universe, and why couldn't they be related? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just did. did I, I would like it better if they weren't. Same universe, fine. I mean, Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley, you know, put them in the same universe. I'm happy with that. But when you start doing crossover stuff, uh, it just kind of annoys me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd be okay with it, frankly. I, 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 I'd like to see it. So, uh, but I, but I, I don't really expect them to do it, but I think it would be fun. Right. All right. Well, that is it for the feedback about last week. Let's move on into our discussion of this week's episode. So this is season two, episode 13. Hey, Chris and Jason, this is Lee from St. Catharines. And here's your title read. This date of death is taking so long. It's now ad nauseum. Thank you, Lee. So the title of this episode was Date of Death. Ad nauseum, my favorite Latin phrase. <laughs> Do something until it makes you sick. Until it makes you sick. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing until it makes you sick, right? Damn right. <laughs> well, this is what AMC had to say about this episode. Refugees flood into the hotel including an unexpected refugee from our group. Madison struggles to cope with the situation. Spoiler. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> well, after the end of last week's episode, we know who that person is, right? But then again, it just it happened right at the beginning of the episode, so it's not really a big deal. Hardly, hardly, yeah. It's, uh, uh, but, but they don't reference the fact that, that there's you know a lot of Chris stuff in this episode. You know, they, it, it's not like Madison struggles to deal with the situation meanwhile chris acts like a dick like they could have put that in there yeah well but, i mean they also could have been uh, you know refugee refugees flood in including someone from our group and a couple of bros and that would have been of a spoiler that would have been a spoiler that happens right at the end yeah all right well we'll we'll talk about that in a minute um i want to pose a question to you though uh before i get started rambling on here because i know i tend to do that uh, what did you think of this episode? Did you feel like this was uh, this was a a solid episode that revealed a lot of interesting information about Chris and his mindset and his relationship with his father, or did it kind of all fall flat for you? I can sum this episode up in uh, three words. Give me the first word. Uh, kind of cool. <laughs> Uh, two words. Anyways, give them all to me. Well, that's two of them. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other one, uh, the other word is boring, 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 kind of cool. Boring, 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 kind of cool. Boring, 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 kind of cool. So a little bit of cool, a lot of boring. Yeah, there was, uh, it started off, I liked the herd of the living. I thought that was very interesting. Usually we get a horde uh, or herd of the dead, uh, you know, pressing up against the fence or the gate. Mm -hmm. This time we had a herd of the living pressing up the fence or the gate, yep. which I thought was very interesting. Uh, well, not very, it was kind of cool. It was different anyways. It was, yeah. And then it was boring, 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 boring until a line that Chris had that I'll, uh, I'll mention a little bit later. And then it was boring, 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 boring. <laughs> and then kind of cool at the end when the bros showed up. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you know, you have an interesting way of describing this episode, and I think you're right on, actually. I am I am more or less on the same page as you. I didn't think to describe it by saying boring, 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 boring. Um, but yeah, I don't think this episode really delivered anything new to us. I mean, what did what did we learn here? Um, 
you know, we already kind of know how Chris is or what he's turning into. Uh, I guess they pushed that a little bit further, but boy, did it take forever, you know? Um, And we already know how Travis is feeling about him and his relationship with him. And, you know, you could kind of see what was going to happen a mile away. And I mean, I guess there's some suspense as to is Chris going to do something so heinous that his father has to kill him or is he just going to drive away with these guys? Um, but I didn't find the suspense there all that great because my assumption was, well, he's going to leave. And they kind of talked about that a lot throughout this episode before he actually left. So I was sort of bored with all that stuff because I didn't feel like it really gave us anything new. And then, um, I was, you know, by the time we got to Alicia or Madison realizing that she needed to, to open up to her daughter a little bit i didn't feel like that scene landed very well either and i didn't think it was very compelling when they were out on the out on the pier talking about her father's actual suicide i i kind of disagree with you there uh that went into the kind of cool part in the sort of in the middle the latter third uh i think that uh, the fact that uh kim's husband uh committed suicide was probably inevitable, like that we would figure that out and right. that he would be more like uh, more like Nick than Alicia. I think the interesting thing about that conversation was, uh, I don't love you any less, Alicia. I just, I worried about you less. I thought you were okay. And then her coming back with, I had to be. Right. So that was kind of, uh, I thought that was an interesting dynamic because it was, uh, it was Madison opening up to Alicia, telling her something that was very personal and that she would never tell Nick and, uh, you know, saying that, you know, it's not that I loved you less. It's just that I had to worry about you less and, uh, Alicia throwing it back in her face. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I, yeah, I know. I, I can see that, but at the same time, I feel like that fits into the way I felt about the Travis and Chris stuff. We already knew that like one episode ago, I think it was one episode ago. She tells Strand the same thing, right? Strand is dying in the bed. Um, And she says, I was the one who always kind of had to be okay in the family. Now, I get that the mother and daughter need to have this out. They need to have this conversation. But I feel it just could have been done in a more interesting way, I think, rather than like, hey, we need to talk. Let's go over here and talk. And then we talk. And uh, that's it. Like, that's, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't excite me all that much. So... Um, but I can, I can see what you're saying. They needed to get that in the open, right? Yeah. And the interesting part is that Alicia threw it back in Madison's face. That was, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. It, it was also that scene, I think the only shot in the episode where there were actual infected. You, there was a very short shot of down on the beach from, from the pier. And there were three or four zombies down there, uh, walking around, um, which is interesting. This episode was extremely light on the zombie uh, content or count. It's okay. No, I, it's totally fine, but it I kind of noticed it because I realized that was, I think, the only shot in the episode. Um, and the other thing I started to think is, you know, they tried to wash them all out to sea, but it seems like some of them are washing back up on shore. Well, yeah, I mean, tide goes both ways, right? So it's all a matter of when you dump them off the pier. If you dump them off the pier when the tide is coming in, it's like, what's the point? They're just going right? to show up again 10 minutes later, right? 
Yeah. But they won't be in the hotel. They'll be in the water, and they'll be a little bit of waterlogged, and some of them will be stuck to the bottom. Other ones will be smashed up against the uh, uh, the wood of the pier. Mm-hmm. Uh, other ones will wash up on shore but be buried halfway in the sand. I mean, that could be pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, if the tide's going out, you know, that's better. Because then yeah. they go out, and they're most likely the uh, the you know if they get out to the the it's not the jet stream. What do you call it when the water moves in the ocean? The the jet stream is air, water. Air, yeah, I don't know. I know what whatever. You mean. <laughs> so the water kind of moves. So maybe the uh, by the time the tide comes in, all the zombies will be down uh, down the shore a ways. Yeah, they'll wash down south somewhere. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a matter of timing. Yeah, I suppose, or eaten by sharks. That'd be cool too. Ah, uh, sharks wouldn't touch them. Well, they got to eat something. At, yeah, but they're, there's probably still lots of fish, right? And sharks generally eat fish. They're not going to starve to death if they don't have people floating around in the water. I know that, but sharks are attracted to blood. If a bleeding zombie falls into the ocean and floats but down. They're going to recognize them as dead, though. They're not carrion eaters. They eat live things. They like to. They like it when animals and fish bleed. And, and then die. And then they, no, they eat them before they die. Is what you're saying? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Not they're not like uh, buzzards that they're they're carrion eaters. They look for things that are already dead. Okay. Well, all right, fine. But I just wanted to see sharks eat a whole bunch of floating zombies. But then, then again, a shark is uh, like the ocean's trash can. They'll eat tires and stuff. So I, I'm not sure that they're as discerning as I'm thinking they might be. <laughs> <laughs> the pigs are like that on land, right? They'll eat anything. Yeah, they'll eat whatever you put in front of them. All right. Sounds a little like me. <laughs> um, anyways, back to the cold open for a minute. So you were saying it was kind of cool to see, you know, a herd of of living people at the gate. Did you, were you like me and, and like the opening shot for a split second, you thought it was zombies or did you know it was the living all along? Uh, I, th- for me, it was a split second. I'm like, oh good, zombies are at the gate. Hey, wait a minute. It's not zombies. They're talking. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> they're doing stuff. <laughs> my problem is that it was so long ago that I watched this that uh, I had a hard time remembering my initial thought. <laughs> Almost four hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you, geez, man. Why don't you cut it less close next time, eh? <laughs> I, I've, I've had to delay the podcast so I could finish watching the episode before. Four hours ago is like, you know, lucky. That's an eternity. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, but what about letting Travis through the gate with all those people there? Yeah, horseshit. I call horseshit on that because you don't open the gate and go, we're just going to let this one guy come in and you guys all just stay back. And a crowd goes, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I was like dumb, 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 and even more dumb because, yeah, there's there's no way. Someone would get an arm or a leg in there or something and... You know, yeah, they might get hurt, but then people just start pushing and they're through. Like, you can't open that gate to let one guy through. Yeah. So what you do is you write a note saying, meet me at such and such blotty blot place. Uh, and you hand, hand him the note through the gate and he fucks off somewhere. And then you wait a couple of hours and then go meet him someplace else and let him through. Or, I mean, oh my God, how many people are inside the uh, inside the hotel and they're all standing at this gate? If I was one of these schmucks sitting at the gate going, please let me in, please let me in. And everybody that was uh, on the other side of the gate was in this one spot. I'd flank them and find another way in. It's not an impenetrable fortress guarded by uh, knights all around the ring of the uh, the castle. I mean, it's like five people standing in front of this gate around a hotel yep. that isn't supposed to be uh, set up to withstand a siege. <laughs> no. You know, 
take a walk for five minutes, find a friggin' ladder, and you're in. <laughs> or, or the wall probably ends like a couple meters down the street a little bit. Just walk around it. That's right. It's like yeah. having a gate with no fence. It's like, oh my god, I can't get through the gate. It's like, oh, I just walk around it. No yeah. Problem. There's some bush. There's a bush gate over here which I can probably just push my way through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was the whole thing was set up a little bad, and then and then just to have Travis be you know squeezed through without letting anyone else through, it just seemed so dumb. Um, but yeah, you're right. Crowd of people was okay because they weren't zombies. Yeah, that was. I thought that was interesting. So, how about more about Chris and Travis's stuff? So, I was saying before, I thought it just went on and on and on and didn't really give us anything new. Um, I did kind of enjoy seeing at the beginning Travis spring into action to to try to save Baby James. Right. Um, and by enjoy, I mean like you know we know that Chris just shot him, and Travis in that moment realizes that. Chris is, you know, losing it. He's going down the dark path and he he's able, Travis as a character is able to put all that in the back of his mind, at least temporarily to try to help the guy who is shot in the leg and, you know, probably going to bleed to death. And I just like that because it shows how good of a person, how good of a character Travis actually is, right? He's willing to, to forget about his evil son for a moment to help this guy who he doesn't even really like. And do what needs to be done to try to save his life. Yes. Yeah, so convictions are really useless if uh, if you don't stick to them when it becomes inconvenient. Well, he did stick to them, right? I know, but yeah. that's what I'm saying is that uh, you know there was an he's he's a good guy because he stuck to his convictions even though it wasn't convenient and it was for somebody he didn't particularly like. Right, and I think that says a lot about Travis. I like that. Really I like the uh, that element to his character. Um. And then, and then not only that, but he kind of defended baby James the entire episode. He had that guy's back, right? And uh, even when the other guys were deciding, well, we got to put him down so we can leave, um, he said, leave him here with me. You know, yeah. he, he, he actually offered to like stay there and take care of him. So uh, it, it was really good. Um, but, you know, as it went on, I felt like, okay, you know, we get it. Chris and Travis are not seeing eye to eye. Chris is getting worse and worse. And I could really feel the whole time how wrong I thought Chris was. But he's being very logical about it. It's not like he's upset or angry. He was just, you know, he's come to this conclusion and it seems like it's a, you know, a thought out conclusion, not necessarily a well thought out, not a well founded conclusion, but it is a conclusion that he has spent some time thinking about. And this brings me to the one line that he said that I, I really liked. Yeah. It's, this is how it works now. Look around. There's no more good. There's no more bad, right or wrong. It's us or them, kill or be killed. And so that's his, he, his logic now is I'm going to do this because I have to do what needs to be done, which we all know and like about Rick Grimes. That he does what needs to be done. It's kill or be killed in a lot of situations. Rick, he's taken a page almost directly from Rick in this regard. Uh, but it's kind of the other side of the coin, rather, you know, Rick trying to protect the group, whereas uh, Chris is saying, screw you, I'm just going to leave with these guys come hell or high water if, you know, you're either with us or you're against us. Uh, so I think it's it's interesting that he has this opinion that has been that he has spent some time thinking about, and I think that this is a very good step towards being uh, an evil character 
And I like that. I know, but there's no... Rick Grimes is such a more complex character than Chris is. And, you know, Rick Grimes does believe all those things. But I think generally there is some sort of threat at the moment when Rick employs that that mindset. There's no threat to, to Chris at this farm. In fact, they're at a farm where they can they can live uh, at least safely for a little while. They have supplies. They have beds to sleep in, even though for some reason they seem to be sleeping in the barn anyways. Um, and I, and I, and I get that attitude, but there's no threat. There is no reason to rush to leave this place, kill the dude just so they can drive away. So he's what, 15? Yeah, he's 15. Okay. Think back when you were 15. (laughs) If you had a choice between hanging out with your dad or going with your buddies who have a truck, what are you going to do? Uh, come on, man. Different, different in the zombie apocalypse. Maybe well, no, hang out no, with there my was dad. no zombie apocalypse back then, but that's, you know, the, the, the instinct is there for a 15 year old to want to go hang out with his buddies rather than do the boring thing and live in a barn with your dad. Right. But it's wrong. It's the wrong instinct in this scenario. And, and, um, I think you can have that attitude of kill or be killed, but also have remorse for a guy who's dying there especially when there's no immediate threat to you. There's no reason to kill him and leave. It depends on whether or not you're a sociopath, really. Well, he, he's, <laughs> I think Chris is a little beyond sociopath at this point. Okay, if there was a girl in the truck, there's no friggin' way that dad would win. <laughs> like, you know that, right? Even in, yes, even in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, if, the, yeah, if there's, you know, you put, uh, it's Romeo and Juliet. It's, uh, I don't, you know, screw the whole world. There's a girl in the truck. I'm going with the truck with the girl in it. Well, that I can understand a little more. (laughs) You know, there's, there's, uh, yeah, 15 year old, 16 year old boy. Maybe he's gay. You know, if he's gay and these, these two bros are going off in the truck, you know, maybe he's got the the same thing going on. He just, you know, I want to go with these guys, you know, dad, these guys are cute. I'm going with them. them. Come on. (laughs) And they got a truck. Yeah, a nice red pickup, too. They got a, you know, it's red. Yeah. Red makes things go faster. That sure How does. could you not want to get in a red truck? Well, I can see all that, but in the context of the show, I think they just made Chris seem totally ass backwards in his his feelings here. And I think that's that's testament to the show. I I felt like I can't believe some of the things Chris is doing. Um it's taken a long time, sure, but I can't believe what he's doing, and he's just so wrong. And I, I wanted Travis to get through to him. Like I kept thinking, maybe this time Travis will get through to him. Maybe this time, maybe after the fifth camera pan across those dirt graves, Travis and him will have another conversation, and this time he'll he'll hear what he's saying. But it didn't happen, and I started to get well, tired of the repetition of it. All right, you wait until your daughters are fifteen, and you try and have a logical conversation with them. Good luck. Or I'm going to wait until Jasper's 15 and try and reason with him when he's 15. No, you don't want to get into the truck with your buddies. I want you to stay home with uh, you know, your mom and me and uh, do spelling. We're going, to, we're going to do some spelling, okay? Maybe a little crocheting <laughs> later. Well, you know, you know, Jenny might teach him crocheting. He might love it. And then we'll watch CSI as a family. Oh, we'd never do that. That's just crazy. We might go back and watch Boardwalk Empire. It's a little before his time, but he might enjoy it. He might need to be over 21 to see that. Or 19. Oh, yeah, right. That 15 19, there. 19 in this country. 
Uh, I'll think of something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have something. We'll watch old episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. How's that? Oh, that's perfectly acceptable. Um. Okay, well, anyways, it just, it all went on too long for me, and I just wanted Travis to get through to him, and I thought Chris was being an ass the whole time. Uh, and then when he betrayed his dad to, you know, uh, to let the other guys in so that they could kill him, I, I just lost all... Like whatever respect was left for, for Chris, it just went out the window. I mean, betray your dad, tackle your dad. So your buddies can come in and murder a dude when there's absolutely no reason I couldn't. It was compassionate. They thought he was going to turn into a zombie. No, it wasn't compassionate. They may have thought it was, but it wasn't. Again, it was well, the that, wrong that worth damn looking decision. at their perspective. I'm just thinking, I'm not saying that in the objective perspective, it was a reasonable thing to do. Uh-huh. I'm saying in these uh, post-adolescent minds, uh, you know, when somebody's injured, two things happen. One, they die. And two, they turn into a zombie. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, zombies don't need stuff. So if we kill him, which is perfectly reasonable because he's going to die and turn into a zombie, we get to take his stuff. Yeah, I guess. Did they take his stuff? I don't know. I assume they did. I assume. Why else would they kill him? Like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. What's the point? So, I don't know. And it felt too easy for, uh, what's his name, Brandon, to walk up and shoot his friend in the head. It just He just kind of walked up and did it. I know he had a pained look on his face, but I didn't buy it for some reason. Um, I, I needed more struggle or I needed more, you know, remorse in that guy's facial expression, which I didn't see. I need more of a reason. What? You know, the re- more of a reason, like yeah. just other than take the stuff. You know, if uh, if if Nick said that he was going to stay with him, like Travis, like fine, Travis did, yeah. So if Travis said, uh, you know, I, I'm willing to stay with him, it's like, cool, see ya. Well, exactly. Like, <laughs> why not just drive away, you know, and <laughs> leave them there? It's yeah. It didn't make any sense. And the one other thing that bothered me about the whole thing is a nitpick, but my God, Travis, take the goddamn jean jacket off. That guy is sleeping in it. He's digging graves in it. They're in frickin' Mexico where it's 900 degrees. He's wearing a jean jacket the whole time. It doesn't, I don't, I don't understand. And this, this is a thing about the, the main show and this show. I don't understand why the people wear so many clothes all the time. I know it's protection to a certain degree, but come on. Take the jacket off while you're digging a grave. You 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 don't need to sweat that much. Well, yeah. I mean, some people just love their jean jackets. I know people that wear their jean jackets all the time. You know those uh, those red bush jackets, like the red plaid uh, oh, bush yeah. jackets? Yeah, lumberjack I know, jacket. Yeah. I know people that wore those all the time. Summer, winter, doesn't friggin' matter what they were doing. They were wearing that stupid jacket. Well, once again, we are Canadian, and that's a... I think that's a thing up here. Yeah, but they weren't digging graves, but I know people that were digging holes and building forts and hauling uh, dirt and stuff and building a trail in their uh, their back 40, and it was the middle of the summer, and it was 30-some-odd stupid degrees. They were still wearing that damn jacket. Well, I, I get it, but, I mean, it doesn't— Some does, people love their jackets. That doesn't make any sense either, but at least we're in Canada where part of the year it's freaking ass— freaking cold well that's the thing is that you're acclimatized to this climate where in the summer it's hot and in the winter it's cold so you wear a jacket we have a different threshold for hot versus cold than someone who lives down in san diego uh you you, you know it dips to uh 
28 degrees Celsius. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, I got to put on a sweater. It's friggin' freezing outside. Yeah, I don't know. Whereas understand our that. understanding is, what are you, crazy? <laughs> exactly. That's all I'm saying. But it's 13 I- degrees outside today or whatever it was. I'm still wearing shorts and sandals because, damn it, I'm not ready to give up summer yet. No, no, not at all, sir. It rained hard today, but it was it was a little chilly. Uh, but no, you're right. I guess people down who live in the South where it's really hot have a different, different standard. It's always super hot. So when it dips a little bit, they throw on their jean jacket, but I'm sorry, Travis needed to take off that damn jean jacket, at least for a minute. Grave digging jacket. You know, maybe he got that jacket for digging graves. (laughs) Well, that I can understand. I have hats like that. I have a, I have a zoo hat. I've got a barbecue hat. Good. I've got like an everyday rain hat so i understand hats for a purpose maybe he has jackets for a purpose is your uh does your barbecue hat hold two beer (laughs) (laughs) no my barbecue hat's a big uh a big like straw cowboy hat oh that's pretty good too yeah that was my uh as my rollerblading hat was a big straw cowboy hat (laughs) (laughs) i wish there was a video of that somewhere back when i rollerbladed i still have the hat and the rollerblades but I don't think I'd spend a lot of time on those rollerblades these days. Well, throw on some cutoff jean shorts, your rollerblades, and your big straw cowboy hat, and you'll be good to go, my friend. Nothing else. <laughs> Nothing else. Who needs a shirt? Just don't fall Shirts down. Shirts are for chumps. That's right. Um, well, should we talk about that final scene a little bit? So, sure. last scene of the episode, the bros show up at the gate in a uh, astounding coincidence. <laughs> But I guess well, maybe, there was a bright light I guess, that said, uh, come on over here. We've got power and ice and uh, stuff. So, you know, come on. So they saw it just like everybody else. I guess so. Um, it's been two days because Travis said he'd been walking for two days trying to find the ocean. He finally did. And the first thing he saw was a giant light on a hotel. So he went towards it. I guess these guys had been driving for two days. I mean, some, uh, and they didn't make it to San Diego, but instead they made it here. So I got to assume something happened along the way that delayed them or put them off course or something. Yeah. Without Chris. Right. So Chris isn't there either. So this is the second episode in a row where at the very end, someone has showed up who was supposed to be with Chris, but is not. Where the hell is Chris? That's, uh, I guess that's the theme of the latter half of this season. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where in the world is Chris? Um, well, are we going to find out, do you think? Are we going to get the story of the bros next week? Uh, well, I don't know about, well, I guess next week is it, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is only uh, one episode left, although it's a two-hour season finale uh, next week. But, I mean, I feel like there's, we have a lot to resolve. We've got the Chris mystery to resolve, so we might get sort of flashbacky type stuff to the bros and Chris driving around you know, doing stuff and getting him killed or whatever happens to him. Getting into trouble. Getting into trouble. Taking ass and taking names. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we've got the conflict with the, the drug guys at the warehouse to deal oh, yeah. with. And that conflict. That's where Chris is. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's dead, to be honest. I just don't think we've seen him die yet. I sure hope not. They keep teasing it. They tease his death. It's like... Travis shows up. Oh, Chris isn't there. Must be dead. And then we see what happens there, but he's not dead. He just took off. Now these guys show up. Chris isn't there. He must be dead. I think this time he's probably dead. And we're okay. going to find out, I think, next week. But I was going to say, we've got that to deal with. We've got the conflict with the 
um, the warehouse guys to deal with. And that conflict conflict extends to both groups, to the hotel people and to Nick and everybody at the the colony, the colonia or colonia. Right. There's some controversy on how to pronounce that, but, uh, and, and, and plus, I mean, it feels like the folks over there with Alejandro and Nick, we've got, you know, his reveal about his, his, his potential bite as well, which I think we're going to see, but I, I don't know for sure. I don't know. Anyways, there's a lot to wrap up next week. So two hours is not, uh, not crazy. No. And yeah, you're right. There's a lot to, uh, lot to wrap up. Maybe we need three hours. Let's, let's write them a letter. <laughs> Guys, I know you only have a week, but, uh, <laughs> film another hour, would you? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, make it last a little bit longer, would you? It would. Um, I kind of skipped over it, but just before we kind of move on from, from this episode, um, I thought the stuff with Travis and Madison in that hotel room talking was mostly kind of painful. Um, painful as in this is really awkward and annoying, painful or painful because you were so into it and so upset that uh, Chris wasn't with him that you wanted to find out and that you thought that the relationship was in trouble because of it. Uh, painful because it was annoying. I, I don't think it rang true very much of it. And like, don't get me wrong. I was really happy to see them reunite as a couple. And I, and, uh, like I, I've wanted them to get back together. You know, I feel like they've been apart for too long and this show is about family. And I always thought they were a really solid couple. And so I'm like, come on guys, get back together. Everything will be okay. And then, so I was happy when that happened, but when they did, they go up in this hotel room and they have this weird, awkward conversation about, uh, you know, where's Chris. And they did that typical TV thing where someone asks a question and the other person walks away, you know, they're on the, well, you don't do that. Uh, no, that doesn't happen in real life. <laughs> uh, really? I do that all the time. I also hang up the phone without saying goodbye. Right. Well, that makes you <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to hang up this Skype call right now. Click. There he goes. Jason's gone. <laughs> no, but like, you know, Madison says, where's Chris? And he walks away. And for me, I'm just like, they need to have them talk here, but they want to show us what happened. So it's not like he can say, well, we had an argument. He killed a guy and, and, and then he drove off with a couple of idiots. Like they can't just tell us that we already kind of know that's about to happen, but they need to show it to us. So why even have him and Madison have that sort of weird, awkward conversation? I don't think we needed those scenes at all. You know? Yeah. Well, I think of it, I know people like this where, uh, it's better if you just pretend that whatever they say isn't actually being said, because if you listen to them and pretend that what they say matters, it's just going to piss you off. So I I think that when I saw this, I knew what was happening. I knew it was just a vehicle to further the plot flashback. Uh, so I really didn't give it a lot of weight and didn't really think about what was happening. I was just trying to get through it so that we could get to the story. But isn't But isn't that a bad thing? Right. That you're sitting there as a viewer thinking this isn't important. Let's just fast forward this bit and get to the real story. Yeah, absolutely a bad thing. And that's why this falls under the boring, 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 boring part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but so I don't I I can't give them a pass on that. Like they got to have better writing than that. They have to. And if they can't, you know what? Cut this scene out and do something else. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying I wanted more of Travis and Chris having the same conversation over and over again, but there had to be something. 
and maybe do some rewrites. I don't know, but it didn't work for me. Travis goes and sits down on the bed and, you know, Madison is still waiting for his answer. And his answer is, I had no choice. Like to what? <laughs> Let him. It's unnecessarily vague. And again, it's just a terrible, not real conversation that anyone would have. Try that. Next time somebody asks you a question, try answering, I had no choice, and then walking away, looking vaguely off into the distance, and then launch into the background story. Like, See what happens. Just try it. Okay. Just try it. That's all I'm saying. Just try it. <laughs> you could do it with your wife. You could do it with uh, some kind of coworker, right. uh, your boss asking you a question. Uh, I'm going to try it. I, I, you know, I'm not just advocating this for you just to, you know, screw shit up. I'm, yeah. I'm actually going to try that and see if it adds to the drama of the moment. Yeah. Well, maybe I will try it. We, we had a project launch on, uh, Friday. None of my, none, my boss wasn't there because he was, um, getting ready to travel to Chicago. So he's going to come back, uh, tomorrow and say, so how did that project launch go on Friday? <laughs> and I'm going to say, boss, I had no choice. I had no choice. And then turn around and, then, and walk away and get a sandwich. Perfect. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know. And I, it's, maybe it's excusable on TV. I, maybe you can't always have, maybe TV conversations, you know, are, aren't like real life. And I know they're not, of course, always, but I just don't like this kind of thing. This seems like a trope in all media or not so good tv and movies and uh I, it's a bummer to see it here i think i i often think that i would like to have a, a script writer write my uh my dialogue but the only problem with that is uh, they'd have to write both parts of the dialogue because you can't just write one side of the dialogue mm -hmm. and somebody else write the other because then it goes off the rails <laughs> just like nobody's writing the dialogue exactly so i would need a script li script writer to uh, it'd be interesting to have somebody just kind of write the script for an argument that I would have with my wife, just to see how that goes differently from how it happens in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it would probably go a little differently because... It might be more interesting. It'd be more dramatic. I can tell you that. Sure. It would be less of you saying, okay, honey, you're right. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the easy answer is yes, dear. That's right. <laughs> yes, dear. Yes. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Thank you for enlightening me. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. As you can probably tell, I don't think this episode was that great. Maybe there was the odd little flash of, of awesome, as you've indicated. But overall, probably my least favorite of season two. Certainly the second half of season two. Well, there it is. Yeah. So kind of a bummer. Uh, all right, we'll be back after our short break with a little bit of listener feedback, um, and uh, then we'll call it a night. So stay with us. I look at you all see the love there that's sleeping While my guitar gently weeps I look at the floor
If you'd like to help out the Talking Dead podcast, there are a couple of fantastic ways you can do that. Right, Jason? Super yes. What's the first one? Patreon. That's the one. <laughs> Visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thetalkingdead. You can make a small monthly pledge, uh, or not so small. It's really up to you. But all the money collected goes into the equipment and hosting and everything we need to uh, pay for it to put on this podcast. And every tiny little bit helps. So we super appreciate that very much. We super appreciate it, right? Super, yes. Yeah. And then what's the other way, Jason? Amazon. There we go. Use our Amazon links by going to TalkingDeadPodcast.com slash Amazon and clicking on the country of your choice before you do all of your Amazon shopping, which I know you do. Everyone buys stuff at Amazon. You're you're crazy if you don't. So uh, click on one of those links before you do your shopping, especially now. And I, I, I... hate to say it but as we move towards the holiday shopping season i know it's only september still but you know it it gets earlier and earlier every year so if you're shopping at amazon visit talkingdeadpodcast.com slash amazon and choose one of those links and by holiday you mean halloween right yes absolutely people need halloween costumes they need halloween candy they need halloween props Uh, there's all kinds of halloween stuff and then thanksgiving that's right. In Canada, it's reversed. You know, you have Thanksgiving and then Halloween. But uh, you still... My mother decorates for fall, Thanksgiving, and Halloween. These are three separate decorated decoration schemes that she uh, she uses. And, and then, then Christmas. And then right into Christmas. So if yeah. you're buying stuff for any of those things, use our Amazon links. That's what you're saying, right? That, absolutely. Yeah. Because right. my mom needs to buy, uh, you know new tablecloths <laughs> for each <laughs> well get her on board man get her on board <laughs> yeah. alright thanks so much for everyone's support Listener feedback. Okay, a little bit of listener feedback uh, about this episode before we wrap it up. First email here comes from Christine in Northwest England. Christine writes, I just wanted to point out how drastically my opinion on Travis has changed. When the outbreak started, I was screaming at the TV that Travis needed to harden up and stop being such a wuss. And now I find myself siding with him and feeling the hope he has for holding out uh, onto his humanity holding on to his humanity. I think that Cliff Curtis is doing an amazing job as Travis, and I really hope he survives this season because so far my favorite episodes have been those with him in them. And you know, there hasn't been that many in the second half with him in them because we got the first one and then we got, uh, you know, the story um, with Chris and now he was in this one a little bit. But uh, so... I, but I'm with Christine. I really have enjoyed Travis up until this episode. Well, that's good. Maybe, yeah, I like I like Travis too. He's a good character. Maybe they were sort of they'd left us wanting more though at the time. Like maybe that's what it was. And I thought, oh, there's so much interesting fertile ground here to mine for interesting storylines. And then they effed it all up. But 
<laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, thank you, Christine, for that email. Sean on the internet writes, haters going to hate, but I liked it. Everything happened how I sort of figured it would, except with Chris. Some nice little a-hole surprises there. Mm, a-hole surprises. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of a-hole surprises, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, I guess some people are into a-hole surprises, but... Uh, you know, if it's going to be something, I'd like to be warned first. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. Just, it's the surprise part that really, really bothers me. As long as it's not a surprise, <laughs> I'm okay with all, just about anything. Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. Uh Sorry, Sean, didn't mean to make fun of your email there, but, you know, an a-hole <laughs> surprise, that is funny. Um, but I, I guess Sean is going to fi- figure I'm one of the haters, because. Uh, but I, I, live, I own up to it. I didn't like this episode very much. Um, and uh, it did, for me, it played out kind of the way I expected it would as well, and that was one of the things I didn't like. Right. So, uh, Sally on the internet writes, am I being nitpicky, but why couldn't the desperate people at the gate just climb over the 10 foot stone wall a few feet to the right or left or go down to the beach via the next building over and walk over to the hotel. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Take 10 steps, find a ladder, get in. (laughs) It seems so obvious. We kind of talked about that, but yeah, there's must've been a million other ways to get in to that, to that hotel. Okay. So I live in a neighborhood with houses. You live in a neighborhood with houses. How many houses do you have to walk down before you find a garage with a ladder on the side of it? Oh, uh, one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Or they could just walk around to the back of my yard and grab my ladder, which is just stuffed under the deck right now. Yeah. My ladder's in the garage. Yep. You could probably find your way into the garage relatively easily, but... Yeah. Yeah. If you need my ladder, it's in the garage. There's a pulley. It's up on the roof. You just have to unhook the pulley and it lowers right down. You have a pulley system to hold your ladder? Oh, I got a pulley system to hold my kayaks up. I didn't show you my kayak pulley system? No. They're all attached to the they were attached to the roof before, but I needed the the or sorry, the wall before, but I needed shelf space, so I put them on pulleys and they're all pulled up to the roof. Can I please come over to your house and see this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh we you have to come over anyway. You have, you still have to meet Jasper and there's uh, a few Lego projects I need to show you and you have to help me sort out something on the computer. What the hell was that? Oh yeah, you want to bring me a compressor. That was it. Yeah, that's yes, there's a lot of things we need to do at your house. You're going to so. have to come over for the weekend cuz we got a lot of things on the agenda. Fine. Well, <laughs> let's make this happen. Now I'm excited to see your pulley system too though. Yeah. Garage is a mess right now. Maybe you'll see yeah. Maybe implement my own. So it boils down to, I agree, you can get into that damn place pretty damn easily without having to squish against the gate. Yeah, exactly. And then they even opened the gate and no one could get in. You know what? (laughs) Maybe these aren't the smartest people in the world. They're smarter than zombies. That's true. And I bet you the zombies can get in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they would have pushed through the gate, probably. Yeah. Uh, Walt in Florida writes, just a brief comment on what I thought was a pretty decent episode. In the scene where Madison confesses to Alicia that her father did indeed commit suicide, Alicia Debnam Carey's acting was on the money. Kim Dickens' acting, however, was atrocious. She really came across like she just didn't want to be there. Curious if you guys took notice of this as well. Anyway, uh, as always, you guys rock. Keep up the good work. Funny thing about this is um, I was a little turned off by both of their acting to be honest i don't think alicia uh, debnam carey was that much better maybe she wasn't quite on the uh the uh 
you know, wasn't quite circling the drain like Madison was in this episode. No, sorry. <laughs> I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be so hard on it, but um, you know, the funny thing about uh, Alicia's lines in here, and, and this is not the first time she's done this, but she, she tends to, uh, and this isn't necessarily her fault. I'll get to it, but she tends to repeat things that are said to her. It's, you know, you're dead. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't an accident. He left a note. He left a note. I feel like that happens a lot with her, but that might be a writing thing and not an acting thing. Definitely. Okay. So here's the rule. When you talk to your boss the next time tomorrow and he asks you a question, you have to answer with, it's not my fault. And then go off looking into the distant forlornly before you tell the story. If he gives you a statement you repeat that statement as a question. <laughs> and that's going to be the conversation that you have with your boss tomorrow. <laughs> Let me know how it goes. All right, great. So he, if he says, how did that project launch go? I walk off into the distance and say, it's not my fault. And if he yeah. says... I had no choice. Oh, I had no choice. Sorry. And if yeah. he says, so I heard that project went project launch went really well on Friday. I'll say, really well on Friday? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or something like that. So if he calls you into his office, does he have an office? I don't even know if your boss has an office. No, does he have he, a desk? He has yeah, a desk. he does. All right. So if he shows up at your desk or if you show up at his desk, what you do is you take your, your phone out and you say, I'm sorry, I have to record this. And then you record the whole thing. And that way we get to laugh at you and your boss. <laughs> yeah. I could probably get away with that. My boss is a really nice guy. Uh, <laughs> I need to record this be, for the podcast. Still might be weird, though. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, Gemma in South Wales writes, This episode was not my favorite. I enjoyed the Travis and Chris story to a point, but Travis and Madison and Madison and Alicia at the hotel was quite long and was a quite long and drawn out waffle. What happened to Strand? Is he okay? I think the show has too much dialogue. I think The Walking Dead works so well when they don't talk at all. They show us what we need to know. One of the strongest set pieces of The Walking Dead was the season three opener when they had no dialogue for a good 10 minutes. There weren't even any walkers in this episode. I thought for sure when we didn't see Travis kill the farmer's brain that the farmer was going to burst out of the dirt grave. That would have been insane, but great. Missed opportunity. I was just going to, I was thinking the same thing about that, uh, the Walking Dead season three cold open mm-hmm. uh, on the on the uh, the season premiere where nobody talked. They just went into that house and cleared it. That was awesome. That was amazing. It's one of the better, well, one of my favorite scenes of the whole series because it just shows you that how, how, um, how much they've learned like during yeah. the off season, right? Well, yeah, it was, it, there was a number of things that were, uh, <laughs> we're talking about the, the main show here, but uh, there was a number of things that that scene did it showed their competence it showed the how they were uh working together as a team it showed how much they learned over the uh the the passage of time and it really set uh you know the uh gave you a sense of how much time has passed because they were just this haphazard people that were running away from a burning barn uh you know the last time we saw them and all of a sudden now they're this cohesive SWAT team kind of uh, group that could go in and clear a house without saying a word and uh, decide not to eat dog food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and Fear the Walking Dead, I don't feel like has really had a moment like that. Even in season one, where we skipped nine days, nothing really changed. Our Our characters were still stuck in the military thing, you know, back in season one. And um, they just they just skipped over the time. And that seemed to be it. Um, And then and then in this episode, yeah, it was all talk. 
and not a lot of action. And, uh, you know, you need dialogue and you need characters to communicate and, and things like that. But it, I feel like they were just, it was a bit repetitive this week, beating a dead horse with the Chris stuff. We know he's crazy. We know, uh, Travis doesn't feel the same way. And it just seemed like it took forever to get, get through to things. Yeah, as uh, Mad Dog used to say in the band I used to be in, let's talk more rock. <laughs> That's a good phrase, but the guy's name was Mad Dog? Her name. It was Julia. Oh, Remember yeah, was, yeah, yeah, We yeah, had yeah. Uh, Scotty Karate, Jesse Two Times, and Mad Dog. She I, was Mad Dog. I forgot all about that. Sorry, you're right. She was. She's very cool. She is. She's one of my favorite people. I haven't talked to her in way too long. <laughs> and a cool nickname. Yeah. And you were Jesse Two Times. Uh, Jesse Two Times. There you go. That's a good name for a drummer. It's a good name. All right. Pete on Facebook writes, yet more totally bizarre choices made by characters. What is it with this program? Chris leaving his father to go with a couple of selfish psychopaths who will gladly kill him with the first sign of trouble. Letting Travis in in front of the crowd and not even trying to smuggle him in another way out of sight is asking for trouble. Every season has been full of these irrational storylines and decisions by characters. Two seasons in, I still couldn't care for any character on the show. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, overall, I think this show has had its ups and downs in terms of character decisions and being good versus being bad decision wise. And I, I feel like we had a few episodes in a row there where nobody did anything really stupid. And then this episode came along, so they had to up the stupid decision uh, quotient a little bit. And <laughs> did they ever. Right. Uh, a few messages from our Facebook page now before we uh, call it a night. Heather on the Facebook page writes about the episode. It was all right, but I'm getting a little tired of Travis relentlessly clinging to the past. There's got to be a happy medium between Chris's ultra homicidal behavior and Travis's ultra pacifist behavior. Well, it's a man of science, man of faith. It's the Rick Grimes and, uh, damn it. Lenny James. Help Morgan, me out here, Chris. Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's that age old <laughs> dilemma. Morgan, 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 Morgan. <laughs> sounds like rolling on the river. Uh, yes, you're right. It's the age old dilemma, but they're taking it. They're very black and white about it. Both shows have been sort of black and white about it. Now, main show has started to come around. I think Morgan's moved a little bit in and, uh, so has, so has Rick on this show with Travis and Chris though, we are still one side, other side. For some reason though, I feel like Chris is all wrong and Travis is all right. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Cause, <laughs> cause you know, you can have morality or you can have kill or be killed, but also compassion. That's what I believe. Yeah. It's kill or be killed or not kill and not be killed. Really? <laughs> no, that's the problem. It's not. <laughs> it's like kill or be killed when threatened. Maybe. I don't know. And that, that farm, they weren't threatened. Well, that's the thing. As soon as you make up a rule, you have to break it. Yeah, that's true. So wh why make up rules? That's true. Why make up rules? Well, so they can break them. It's more fun that way. Yeah. Christina on Facebook writes, and I don't think it's my wife, but maybe. Why did they kill the young guy? Why not just leave him there? Travis said he'd take care of him. And yeah, we mentioned that earlier. Like, if they're going to leave anyways, and Travis isn't coming and they know that, then okay, bye. You can live with baby James and... You know, wrap his, rewrap his leg bandages every six hours. And have they fun. wanted this stuff. That's the only real explanation that I can uh, hang my hat on. Um, I guess so. Yeah, 
I don't know. Derek on Facebook along the same lines writes, I don't get why they felt they had to shoot their friend instead of leaving him. If nothing else, why waste the bullets? That's you true. Know, it, you're wasting a bullet. You, you know, smash him in the face with a baseball bat or, you know, you're on a farm for crying out loud. Crying out loud. I bet you can find a hoe or some kind of pitchfork. They're in a, they're sitting on hay bales. I bet you there's a pitchfork in there. You stab that pitchfork right through his uh, eye holes and uh, you'll take care of it. Why waste a bullet? No, that's what Derek is saying. You need bullets. Um, I think you don't it, need pitchforks. No, I, I might keep one though, just in case. There's better stuff than pitchforks. Pitchforks, they're short for one thing. That's true. I think it would be pretty tough to stab a pitchfork through your friend's face, but then shooting him is probably pretty tough either. And it didn't look like uh, Brandon struggled with that decision too much. So, What you need is one of those uh, really long iron pry bars, the ones that are like six feet tall, that have like a big weight on the end. That's what you need. That'd go right through his skull real easy. Great. I uh, <laughs> will keep that in mind. You can get him at Home Depot. <laughs> Good. I'm sure Home Depot loves that endorsement. Get your <laughs> your uh, friend killing devices here. <laughs> That's right. All right. Help th- prevent the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. Thanks to everyone for writing in. That is going to do it for this week's podcast. So, Jason, next week is a two-hour season finale. Yeah. So what the hell are we going to do? That's a lot of uh, That's a lot of TV show to podcast on all in one night. Uh, I say we split it up into 17 different podcast episodes, each one three and a half minutes long. I'm not sure 17 would be enough if we only did three and a half minutes. But what we're actually going to do, so it's two episodes, number 14 and 15. I don't know if AMC is, they're calling it a two-hour season finale. I don't know if it's going to be like two distinct episodes and they have opening and closing credits both, or if they're just going to run it together all as one. I don't know. Um, but what we've decided to do is that we are going to record next Monday night. Like usual, we will record a one podcast about the episodes, like both episodes all together. So we're going to do, you know, a regular length episode, which is like an hour and a half to two hours talking about it. And then because there's double the content there, we will do a full feedback episode, um, sometime after that. Now, I realized after we made this plan that the following Monday, Jason, is Thanksgiving Monday in Canada. So mm. we may be we may have to choose a different night to record than Thanksgiving night because there's a good chance that you and or I will have other commitments that night. My um, mom's going to be in town. I could have her on the podcast. Oh, well, then we got to do it. Come on. <laughs> She'll never agree to it. I've been talking never, about ever, ever been talking about this for years. <laughs> she would never do it. Well, I'm telling you, it should happen. Um, so feedback episode, I don't know if we'll do it like later on next, later on in the week or sometime, maybe the following week, just after Thanksgiving, we'll figure that out. But the point is we're going to do a full episode on the two episodes, sorry, a full podcast on the two, uh, fear the walking dead episodes, and then probably a full feedback episode, roughly a week after that. So on the bright side, more podcasting and more time for for you guys to send in your calls and emails and stuff and um i think it should be fun i think so too exactly and then after that we've got a week off before season seven starts so it feels like season season seven now is just around the corner it's happening right now as far as i'm concerned well i mean if you uh yeah take 
In geologic time, oh, that's it's already right. happened. That's right. Well, in normal standard human perceived time, uh, it's it's happening in a few weeks, but very soon. Feels like it's coming up very soon. Yeah. In Jasper time, it's happening like half a lifetime away. Yeah, he's he's a, he's five weeks old now, right? Five weeks today. There you go. Five weeks today. That's fun. We can always count, know how old he is by based on the day we podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's a good way to keep, to remember it, Jason. <laughs> yeah, case, that's, I'm glad he was born on a Monday. In case you ever forget. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other thing is, um, we didn't really talk about this, but one of the AMC, you know, higher up guys said that uh, he thinks they've got a franchise on their hand here. No kidding. And that it could go on and on and on. And he made a comparison to Star Trek. So we might be podcasting about The Walking Dead in like 25 years, Mr. Miles. I don't know if I'd go as far <laughs> as Star Trek. I mean, I know Star Trek has existed in a variety of incarnations over the years, but uh, maybe The Walking Dead will do the same thing. So when you and I are 65 years old and we want to retire, we'll have to pass this show on down to our children who will pick up the mantle and continue from there. Hi, I'm Sophie and I'm Jasper and this is The Talking Dead. <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird? That, that is such a weird thought. That'd be weird. I know. I mean, my Soph's nine years older than Jasper, but when she's 35 and he's 26, everything will be fine. They can do a podcast. Yeah, be perfect. <laughs> all right. So that's the plan for the next few weeks. Uh, I'm looking forward to all that. I am really looking forward to season seven starting. And don't forget, right after that, the wife and I are going to Walker Soccer Con Atlanta together. And uh, we're going to hang out there. Now, that's the that's the weekend of uh, just before Halloween and, of course, I guess the second episode of season seven. Uh, but if you want to hang out in Atlanta with us, uh, do so. Come down there. If you're going to the con, um, I'm sure we can meet up. We can get together. We can have a good time. So uh, look forward to that, too. And, Jason, of course, you're invited. You can come down if you want. Not bloody likely. <laughs> Bring the whole family. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Jasper would love that. Yeah, we went to the mall the other day, and that was a bit iffy. Really? <laughs> yeah. Had a good mall walk in with the stroller. Probably had a good nap in the stroller. Oh, he slept the whole time, but sometimes he doesn't like the uh, stroller at all, so uh, it's always it's always a crapshoot so far. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Uh, that's the way it is with babies. A bit of a crapshoot in every yep. sense of the word. <laughs> I tell you, if anybody else pooped on me, I'd be very upset, but with him, it's just you know, pretty normal. <laughs> it's kind of every day, actually. So, <laughs> all right, uh, that's enough rambling. Uh, thank you, everyone. Until next time. No, contact information. If you want to get in touch, you can send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead. You can also, of course, go to talkingdeadpodcast.com and click on send voicemail to record a voice message and send that in to us. Um, and on the website, you can also find every single episode of this show we've ever recorded. So if you want to go back, you can do that. I get emails all the time from people who say they, they went back and listened to everything or they're interested in doing so or they're looking for a specific episode, something like that. So it's all there on TalkingDeadPodcast.com. Okay, now I can say, until next time, my name is Chris. And my name is Jesse Two Times. It sure is. Thanks for listening. Bye.